Welcome back to The Art of Getting Your Shit Together. I am Lindsay, one of your hosts. My counterpart is enjoying a little R&R on vacation, so good for her because we all need a break, right? We all need to take a break and be able to fill up our cups. So we are approaching the summer season. That also means it's the season of graduation. So any graduates out there who are listening, congratulations to you. And I'm going to kick off today with a little listener spotlight. And this comes from Lindsay K 84 and she gives us five stars. Just love them. These ladies are the best. They are real. They are relatable. They are raw. I love that they talk about all kinds of topics and every episode I learn something new or take at least one thing away from it. Do yourself a favor and listen and also join their Facebook page. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This fills up my cup today. And thank you for taking the time to leave us a review and rate our podcast. It helps us be seen. And it's just really amazing that we have so many supporters. Lindsay said that she gets a takeaway from our episodes. And I hope today that you also get to do the same. I have a little something to share. It's something I talk about often, but wanted to bring it to you in a little bit different format. And we're talking about one of the most important things that we have, something that controls so much of our lives that we have control over when many times we think we don't. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, get a little takeaway. And if you have the opportunity, please leave us a review. We'd love to see how we're impacting our listeners. And it really, really helps us be seen to share more with more women. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. So what I want to talk about today is something that I believe is the most important thing that we have. This is something that affects our motivation, our willpower, our ability to learn and grow, our ability to pursue even when the going gets tough. What am I talking about? Our thoughts. Our thoughts have a direct correlation with the results that we get in our life. Many people believe that we feel certain things because of the circumstances that has happened to us, something that is happening to us when really our circumstances are only neutral events that happen in our life that we have no control over, but we have the opportunity to think whatever we want to about them. We get to formulate whatever thought comes to us because of what is happening around us. Now, circumstances do not make up who we are, but it will reveal our true self based on how we respond to them because we have control over the way we think. Many times our thoughts feel unconscious because we are reactive to a situation because we feel very emotionally tied to something and it can feel unconscious or very instinctual. But when we can bring a new awareness to this and bring a new awareness to our thoughts and take control over our thoughts, it can produce big results. It could be something as small as having a different reaction to something that may have triggered you before, like someone cutting you off in traffic. Rather than waving your finger out the window and saying some choice words to them, you could be curious about it. Interesting. I wonder if they're late. And it may not even be that easy. You may just be like, oh, what a dick. Okay, whatever. But not let it affect you, right? Or getting frustrated when you lose your keys and not letting ruining your day or not overanalyzing why someone may not have responded to your text right away or gave you a certain look and you maybe have read too much into that. Getting the courage to ask questions. 
have the harder conversations. We make decisions all day long, and we have these thoughts and this inner dialogue all day long. So of course, our thought has a direct correlation with the impact of individual events. But even over the day-to-day and the smaller things that happen to us each day, what I really want to talk about is the thoughts that we have about ourselves, that inner dialogue that we have with ourselves all day long. What are we believing about ourselves? What beliefs are we holding on to that we think that are true when they're just perceptions or assumptions of ourselves or what could happen if we did something? What are we dwelling on? Are we dwelling on mistakes rather than our victories? Are we dwelling on the past rather than what the potential of our future is? What is this constant dialogue? And it seems so often that without even permission, we talk down to ourselves in ways that we would never talk to someone that we loved. It is when that we believe these stories is when it's the biggest problem. We can be thinking these thoughts about ourselves for so long that we are now believing them to be true, right? When we hold on to these beliefs, they are directly affecting our results in our life. They are directly affecting how we are engaging with ourselves, other people in different relationships, at work, with our children, with anybody, even with strangers. How are we showing up every day? Another reason why I want to talk about this today is for us to start to have maybe a different dialogue with ourselves and to start thinking, what beliefs am I holding on to? What am I thinking? What am I telling myself that doesn't serve me anymore, right? And so many of these are tied to, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. And right now I am giving you permission to uncover those, unlock it, and then prove it wrong because we so easily want to prove it right so we can hold on to it and just say, yep, that's it. There it is. Of course, I'm not smart enough. I knew it. I knew I wasn't going to get that promotion. I knew I wasn't going to be able to win them over on that deal. I knew she didn't like me. No one ever likes me. What are the conversations that we're telling ourselves in this? Maya Angelou said, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. James Allen also said, a person is limited by only the thoughts he chooses. So what thoughts are we going to start to choose starting today that can get us to where we want to be? We as humans always want to strive to be better. We don't like to be stagnant. We get bored easily. So You've heard Jen and I talk about a growth and fixed mindset before, and the goal here is to adopt a growth mindset and identify where some of our fixed mindset is and where that lies and then how to change that. I believe that fear can bring out areas where we have a fixed mindset because we live through a situation where we were absolutely horrified or embarrassed where our character may have been questioned and we felt very uncomfortable, where we just thought, what the hell am I doing here, right? So those instances, again, when we start to just focus on our failures and view them as failures rather than learning opportunities and not focus on some of the ways that we can grow and learn, that's where that fixed mindset comes in. So even people who think, yeah, you know, there's opportunity everywhere. There can still be areas where that fixed mindset can be triggered. Okay. And I'll use a personal example. 
something as simple as I always thought growing up that I was terrible at math word problems. <laughs> I know this whole story I told myself stemmed from something my mom used to tell me when I would go to her with homework and I would say, I need help with my math homework. And she'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not very good at math, but let me take a look. And it would be like a word problem. She'd be like, you know what? I'm never good with word problems. I've never been good at word problems. And so I adopted, well, if she's not good at them, I can't learn them either. And so I'm going to be bad at word problems. So (laughs) it's something as simple as that. I had this fixed mindset where I'm like, well, I just suck at math and especially word problems. Forget it. I can't comprehend that crap and on to the next thing. And I still find myself doing that when people talk about, you know, they're taking an accounting class or, you know, a math problem. I'm like, ugh, I'm terrible at numbers. I still tell my husband this. I'm like, I'm not a numbers person. And I could be, right? I have held on to this silly belief that I'm not good with numbers because I've just never put enough damn effort into it. When I could have just acknowledged, well, this is my circumstance, I am not gifted at math, which is fine, and I may have to put in a little bit of effort, but if it's something that I want to achieve, I could do it. Rather than saying, oh, I'm not good with numbers, it's more like I choose not to be good at numbers, right? And so what am I going to do with that? I could start to change my thought and get a different result and outcome where numbers aren't intimidating. If someone approaches me with a challenging question about finances or some equation when it comes to business planning or anything like that, I might not shut down as easily or think, I'm not going to know this because I'm not good at numbers. So again, a small, minute example, something like a little blip in my life has kind of propelled this thought and this belief that I still carry around today. So something that could be just so unconscious that we've been carrying around with us for so long that doesn't serve us. Now, when it comes to these limiting beliefs, I like you to picture that you wear glasses and some of you do. And I come up to you and I say, oh my gosh, what cute glasses you have on. And you say, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But a moment ago, you didn't even realize that you were wearing those glasses because something is a part of us. We don't even realize it. It's the same with our limiting beliefs. We could be viewing the world through lenses that don't serve us anymore. Just a little change in that prescription, you can see the whole world a lot clearer. Little changes in our thoughts can get us big changes in our results. And changing your thoughts doesn't always have to be a 180. I want to make that very clear. Like me talking about numbers, I'm not going to say I'm not good with numbers too. I'm an expert at algebra. I'm not, (laughs) but I could say I can learn. I can learn algebra. I can learn to understand complex equations better. I can do hard things. So I don't have to go from one extreme to another. Another great one is about your body and about yourself. If I don't like my body and the way I look, it's going to be hard for me to go from I hate the way my body looks I love my body. It is a temple, right? That's not realistic because for us to make change, it also has to be believable. We've talked about results ahead of time and believing our thoughts because we have to believe that they can be true. So just small changes in your thoughts and the way you think about your circumstances and what is possible, the more likely you are to be able to achieve it. It's just like if you want to run a marathon it probably won't happen 
in a week. You're going to have to take small steps to get there. Start with walking and drinking more water or going on a light jog and then jogging further and then running and then running further. How can you build that stamina? And you build on it and you have the progress to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. So these thoughts and this change is just like building a muscle. You got to work on it. You got to kind of break it down, which is uncomfortable as hell, right? Just like lifting weights, it kind of sucks. And then you tend to love it. People crave lifting heavy weights because it feels good after a while. They know the benefit that they feel afterward, having that delayed gratification to get there and not having... I'm going to say, and it sounds bad to say it, but a childish fit to say, nope, I want this now. Nope, that's not going to work. I'm just going to throw my hands up. Forget it. And that's a fixed mindset. So what does a growth mindset look like? So a growth mindset is, of course, somebody who sees the opportunity. However, they're not in it to prove anything to anybody or to set labels on their abilities, but rather than see the opportunity and their ability to learn and enhance their current skills and abilities. Here's a great example. This is from the book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Dr. Carol Dweck. And this is an example within the classroom. Now, I remember back in the day when I was in the classroom, I used to be mortified (laughs) when someone would call on me. I never thought I had the answer. I was always kind of like spaced out in my own world, daydreaming in class. That was me a lot of the time. And so when my teachers would call on me, I would literally be terrified. And now I can get up in front of hundreds of people and speak, no problem, which is a complete turnaround from where I used to be. But I had to learn that. It was an opportunity for me to get better. And I wanted something so bad as to be a leader in my industry where I'm like, if you want to be a leader, you have got to get good at public speaking and getting in front of people. And now here I am on a podcast. We speak at engagements. I speak with still within the funeral industry for funeral directors and leaders in in my area. And it's because I have a growth mindset about what I am capable of. So this example in the book says, Okay, now imagine that you've decided to learn a new language and you've signed up for a class. A few sessions into the course, the instructor calls you to the front of the room and starts throwing questions at you one after another. You put yourself in the fixed mindset. Your ability is on the line. Can you feel everyone's eyes on you? Can you see the instructor's face evaluating you? Feel the tension? Feel your ego bristle and waver? What else are you thinking and feeling? Right? That's kind of how I used to feel. I'd be like, oh my gosh, everyone is staring at me. I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't know this answer. Now on the flip side, now put yourself in a growth mindset. You're a novice. That's why you're here. You're here to learn. The teacher is a resource for learning. Feel the tension leave you. Feel your body open up. And the message is you can change your mindset. So again, what is the opportunity Who cares if everyone is staring at you? That's uncomfortable, yes, but you can be fearful and courageous at the same time because there's opportunity there. What is the long-term benefit? You're there to learn something. It's not a popularity contest. You're literally there to learn, right? Now, the reason why I said your thoughts are the most powerful thing you have is because it's your thoughts about the situation that you're in and the circumstances in your life that can overcome this fixed mindset and put you into a growth mindset and be able to overcome adversity and be more resilient in your life. 
See, people who started out the smartest may not always be the smartest in the end because people with a growth mindset and people who can change their thoughts about what is happening or what their ability is makes all the difference. Now that we've talked about our thoughts a little bit, I also want to talk about having a little bit of authenticity in our lives. When we think of thoughts and what we want to become and adopting new beliefs, we got to think about our values. Again, those values, they're coming up again. We got to think about our why, why we want that, why we want to feel that way, why we want to achieve that. So it's authentic to us. So it feels good to us. So we can be resolved in our why and love our why so we can achieve what we want to achieve, right? There's so much inspiration around us. There's so many mentors and motivators and experts that have so many amazing things, but we have to be authentic to ourselves. And the reason why I'm bringing authenticity up is because it's very difficult. Why? Because we compare ourselves. Now, you've heard it said before that comparison is the thief of joy. Why is that? Is because it focuses on everything that we are not. So when we can be authentic and focus on what we are, how good do you think that would feel? How good do you think it would be to, to get out of our own way? We all have unique abilities, but so often we want what someone else has. You know, look at them. They, they're so graceful on their feet. They can sing. They can speak so eloquently. I wish I could be on IGTV and not just stumble over my words. I wish I were as smart as they were. Must be nice, right? We start to compare. But the people that I think we all love the most, and I know I'm not alone in this, is we are attracted to the people who are most authentic. People who do stumble over their words. People who get on the camera and are not flawless. People who show us behind the scenes and what real life is because we can identify with that. But it's so hard for us to do it. It's because we're comparing ourselves to things that aren't authentic to us. You see, confidence can be very quiet and our insecurities are loud. Those thoughts that we have about what we're insecure about, the things that have happened to us in the past, those failures, the times that we felt really shitty in the moment and we were just, we were mortified for days and could not get that situation out of our head. How was I so stupid? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? It lingers and things can trigger those same feelings where you're right back in that place. But when we can change our thoughts and quiet the mind, we can start to hear those confident conversations that we can have with ourselves. We can start to trust ourselves in the moment where we can be fearful, but stand confident and courageous at the same time. One positive acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Because we're giving those insecurities proof that something can't be or that we're not good enough, or that skill we have isn't good enough. And we discredit ourselves. So again, we have to change our thoughts, something so small that can lead to big results. And we got to learn how to get out of our own way sometimes. Stop negotiating with ourselves. Stop making excuses. We've heard again and again, we've talked so much about this podcast on time management and being proactive and, you know, stepping into the fear and doing it anyway. We've talked about all those things, but it's implementing it that is difficult. And we know that. But when we can stop negotiating with ourselves and make it a non-negotiable, 
because it's tied into our values and our why and it feels good and we love our why, that's when we can start to make things happen. Thomas Edison said, if we all did the things we were capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. We would be astounded. I love it. How would it feel to be astounded with something that you did in your life? It'd be amazing. So let's give ourselves a time to reflect about what our abilities are, what we are good at, what feels good to us, what makes us authentically us, and celebrate that. And give yourself the grace to mess up, to fumble, to stammer, but to get back up again. It's not focusing on what we're not good at and trying to build that. It's building what we are good at already and utilizing that strength and that skill and that ability to achieve your goal. So what are you good at? What is uniquely you? Are you creative? Are you an artist? Are you musically gifted? Are you a good writer? Can you just think outside the box and think differently than other people? Are you good at having hard conversations and negotiating, maybe debating? Are you a good listener? What are you good at? Reflect and give yourself the grace of identifying those qualities and those characteristics about you and owning it. Tony Robbins says, the more you use the gifts you have to serve others, the more you'll get the gifts you want. And I believe that to be true. When we can find what we are good at and utilize it in a way that's unique to us, that's when we can have great success. That's when we can feel really good about the things that we are doing, right? Whether it's in your own business or you work for somebody else, it doesn't matter. It's just showing up what feels good to you, serving others in a unique way that feels good to you. Because when you show up for others, you're going to feel good. When you show up for others in a way that's meaningful and authentic to you, you're going to be more fulfilled. Your cup is going to be full. And then that will just compound on itself for even more growth and more fulfillment and more happiness and joy in your life. I'd like to leave you today with an article that came about. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to talk about this today. And I just remembered it out of the blue. I said, oh my gosh, there's that article in the Magnolia Journal from earlier this year that talked about authenticity. And I loved it. And I bookmarked it. And I said, I got to pull that out and make sure everyone hears it one day. Here it is. This is the inspiration for today's episode. And this is from the Magnolia Journal of Spring 2019, page 60 and 61. And it starts off with a definition of authenticity, noun, the quality of being genuine, real, an origin supported by unquestionable evidence, verified, one's true nature or beliefs. Authenticity is rarely found in grand gestures, not in lightning strikes or fireworks in the sky. It is a deep-rooted, gentle stirring, an invitation to be the only you there was ever meant to be. It's the clearing away of all that it's not true, peeling back the layers until you discover what was there in the beginning. It's allowing yourself to be truly known and loved, as well as really knowing and loving someone else. It's the willingness to stand alone in doing what you believe is right, even when what's right isn't a popular choice. Authenticity can't be copied. It can't be false. 
It withstands shifting sand. It resists comparison. It defies seeing yourself as who you are less than or who you are not. It's acknowledging the difference between what is fake and what is real. Because when we are real, shabbiness won't matter. Lack will disappear. Falling short will lose its foothold. So your time is now to welcome in the light that is all your own, to dive deep into the glorious reality of who you are meant to be. Let's not tarry. Let's not hesitate in finding the one life we are born to claim. Tagus family, I hope you enjoyed today's topic and talking about your thoughts and how powerful they are, how you are not defined by your circumstances, how we must reflect on what we are good at and give ourselves the grace to utilize our abilities and to fall down, but we got to get back up. But the biggest piece is being authentically us. We value those who are authentic, but we need to be authentic ourselves. I hope you have an amazing day and an amazing week. And Jenna and I will be both back together next week for another episode to bring to you. Cheers. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars, and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares, and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. Remember, your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together. <laughs>